Hey, welcome back. This is In the Margins. This is Josh Lunn, and today we have a, a couple special guests. We have Mark and Nadine Templer. How you guys doing? Great to be here. Great. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you guys. We've got a special podcast today. Mark and Nadine, have, uh, they, they, they've lived quite an exciting life, and uh, especially with what we're going to be talking about today, they've got a lot of great insights to share. Unfortunately, Matt's not with us today. Um, he is uh, on a ministry trip, but uh, he'll be joining us again next time. But uh, without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the passage that is next, and that is going to be Mark chapter 1. So we'll hop into that, we'll take a read, and then uh, we'll, we'll really start to get into the margins. Sound good? Awesome. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, so um, Mark Templer, we're going to be reading verses uh, 40 to 45. Is that right? 40 to 40, um, uh, 40 to 40, um, uh, 5. Yeah, the end of the chapter. Great. Cool. All right. So... Um, I'll go ahead and read that, and then uh, we can turn it on over. So it says, And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Cool. So um, obviously we we little bit of background, right? Jesus has... Um, been doing some healings and he's been doing some preaching and driving out some demons and really kicked off his ministry. But now we get to a part where uh, he has a kind of a special healing that goes on that kicks off kind of the next episode of his ministry. And, uh, you know, what's really cool is that Mark and Nadine have done some incredible work um, overseas and working with people with, with, with similar um, diseases or challenges. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a really special treat. But uh, Mark, what's uh what do you see when you look at this, especially with all that you guys have done? Well, thank you. And by the way, I really enjoyed listening to the In the Margins podcast that you all have been doing. I think it's fantastic, a really great way to supplement the sermons and get into the text. You guys are doing an excellent job. So I, I love the way that when people come up to Jesus, he really cared about them. You know, whether it's the widow of Nain or this leprosy patient or whoever it was, Jesus looked at these people and loved them and felt their problem. And, and you see that here. You, you read um, he was seized with pity. Um, the NIV, the old NIV said filled with compassion. Interestingly, some translations, Josh, say something about Jesus was indignant. Now, I don't know if you want to comment on that because I know you've looked into that a little bit. Well, it's so weird, right? Like you've got this guy coming to Jesus asking for help. And it says Jesus was indignant that he was, um, you know, another way to translate this word in, in, in the Greek, it's orgizo or, um, or, or orge. It's kind of like ogre, right? That's how I kind of remember right? an ogre gets angry. Anyways, but Jesus is angry. Um, and, and so, you know, it caught me by surprise and I looked into it a little bit. And, and honestly, for the longest time, I, I couldn't really figure it out. I couldn't understand it. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to be doing another podcast on Mark chapter three with the Templars here. But as I was studying that out, I realized that there was really only one other spot in Mark where this word is used. And it's it's in Mark chapter three as well, where a guy comes and he's he's in the the the, the temple or then the synagogue and 
Um, Jesus wants to heal him, but he knows the hearts of the people um, are testing him to see if he's going to heal on the Sabbath. And what kind of feeling does Jesus have towards these, the stubborn hearts of the people? Well, it's that he's angry. He's got the same, it's the same exact word there. And it, it helped me to understand a little bit that maybe, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I, I, as we kind of jump into it a little bit more, but maybe, you know, this guy has tried being cleansed and Jesus is, is upset, you know, that, that it's taken him this long and it's taken, um, you know, Jesus coming on the scene for this guy to receive any kind of maybe spiritual cleansing or, or, or obviously physical, but, you know, I think it's interesting when he says, um, if you will, um, you can make me clean. Kind of like, well, others maybe haven't been willing to. Um, but just interesting. I, I, I don't know. I, I think compassion seems to fit a little bit more, but um, but indignant is certainly in there in many um, manuscripts. Well, and, and, you know, Jesus' heart was not one of exclusion or fear when he saw this leprosy patient. And it, this really struck home to me, Josh, because... The, when we went to India as as young people to start the churches, um, one of the things that we immediately encountered was, was people who were afflicted with leprosy. And of course, I'd read this passage. And I remember back in 1985, just when we were scouting out the land in India, that we were there for about a month, and I was out praying one day in Bangalore. And as I was praying, I saw someone with leprosy. Wow. And I thought, wow, what would Jesus do? And so I walked up to him, and I tried to talk to him. And, and then, you know, I thought, well, Jesus would touch him. So I touched him. I was really trying to, uh, you know, imitate Jesus. Then after I got back to my uh, room, I started panicking. I thought, oh, no, I'm going to get leprosy. I started <laughs> oh, washing my hands again and again, and I, and I was very burdened. And it just shows how shallow my love and compassion wa- um, were or are and how just loving Jesus was. You know, one of the things that we know from the Old Testament, but also from the culture of the time of Jesus, is that if you had leprosy or an infectious skin disease, it talks about the fact in in number in Numbers as well, um, Numbers 5 and Numbers 14, that you were supposed to go outside the camp. And it talks about this in Leviticus as well in 13 and 14, that skin, if you have a skin disease, you go outside this camp and you're supposed to be excluded. Wow. And, it, and during the time of Jesus, Leprosy patients were supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean. And even if you get near them and touch them, then you yourself are unclean. And wow. one of the great things about Jesus is Jesus was not concerned about violating the cleanliness laws when it came to doing something good for someone. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand, became unclean, touched this man, and, and, and then the leprosy left him and he was, and he was cured. And um, of course, he goes off, and uh, you've uh, uh, averred to this in other podcasts, how he said, don't tell anybody, <laughs> just show, show this to the priest. Yeah. So again, you sort of see this interesting kind of secret gospel thing going on. But, you know, as we worked with leprosy patients in India, I think that we don't fully grasp the, the, the love that Jesus is showing here mm. until we understand how excluded people with leprosy are. And we saw this in India. We because we we when we moved to Delhi and uh, we started programs specifically catering to leprosy patients and we spent a lot of time talking to them and finding out about their past and what happens is so many of these people would have ordinary lives and sometimes very prestigious jobs but when they got leprosy which at that time was not curable they would start to 
show symptoms of the disease. Their fingers would start to decay. They'd lose their soft tissue. They would, their noses might cave in and wow. they would be driven out of their jobs, driven out of their villages out of fear, and they'd have nowhere to go. And so everyone who loved them basically pushed them out and betrayed them. And, and so these leprosy patients end up congregating together a bunch of misfits excluded from society, and they would live in leprosy colonies where no one would come near. And they were so hurt and so angry and because so many people had used them. Compounding this is the sad story of NGOs, which continues around the world today. There are so many sincere NGOs who help people. And now, what's an NGO? An NGO is a non-governmental organization. Okay. But there are a lot of sincere NGOs, but there's a lot of people also in this business who come and they'll exploit the poor. They'll come to the poor. They'll take pictures. Mm. I remember when we were helping tsunami victims, a very famous NGO came and asked them to, to frown and look dirty so that they you know, could raise more money by making – they didn't want people to smile in the photos after really? the devastation. And, and these leprosy patients had been burned by many people who had taken their pictures before and then gone off and never really done anything for them but clearly had used their pictures to raise money. So when we encountered them for the first times in India, they were very suspicious. Nadine, I know, can share more about this. You know, one of the um, amazing things about living in India and in that part of the world is it feels in many ways like you are living closer to the world that Jesus lived in. Um, we get to see things and experience things that you see in the Bible that you don't see in a lot of the places where we live and certainly not here in Northern Virginia. Um, so there would be people with leprosy on the street corners and, and people begging and people who are hurting. And obviously leprosy can seem scary because it looks bad, but really it's not a Medically, it's not actually a terrible disease, um, and it's very easily treated. But what hurts people the most, I think, is the, um, the that they're ostracized from society, that they're alienated, that they're treated as pariahs. And poverty really, I mean, there's material poverty, obviously, but what really hurts people the most is the loss of relationship. Uh, it's the fact that children as young as... You know, little kids, six years old, would be kicked out of their village, um, separated from their families, put on a train to go somewhere, and then they would end up in a big city. And so the loss of relationship, the loss of connection, that is what actually made these people so hurt and so angry. When we um, started, you know, the Village of Hope in New Delhi, uh, a village where we built hundreds of houses for leprosy patients, there were riots. People did not come and say, oh, thank you so much. They, there were riots. People were angry. They were suspicious. And what Mark, my husband, and a couple of other brothers had to do to win their trust and to build that connection, that relationship, they had to sleep in the Village of Hope, in the homes that we had built to prove that we were sincere, to prove that these houses were good houses. And once they had done that, they bridged the gap. And then the people from the colony trusted us. You know, we had to go frequently. We took our children. We, um, we would 
cook food together, sit and eat meals together. And that relationship is what they were craving. And Jesus provided that relationship. Yes, he healed them of the physical disease, but he provided a relationship. And that's really what these people want. Wow. So you guys went to these colonies and and what was it like as you guys gave them that relationship? I mean, how did they respond? And, and yeah, what was it like? Well, you know, what's interesting is that that everybody deep down is pretty much the same. They have their stories, they have their hurts, and uh, they they at times don't trust people. And what what we did is we we really tried to, at first I was scared, like I shared, you know, in Bangalore. Mm. But then as I started learning more about it, um, we, we would ask them about their lives and they would tell us their stories. And we would ask them about what hurt them. And then we would we would share this is our plan. And you know, we we came there in 1992 and started working with leprosy patients in Delhi. The uh, the church and Hope Worldwide in New Delhi are still working with the, this community. And Nadine will share more about the transformation. But we wanted them to understand we're we're there because we 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 care about you and you're no different from us. And it turned out that a lot of them were very very sharp, and we employed a number of them in our really? programs wow. and. Uh, they were great people, it's, and back then is just when the cure of leprosy had been found. Wow. But if you already had the disease, it was too late for you to be cured. So new people weren't really being cured, but the hundreds of thousands of people who already had leprosy, tough luck, it had already destroyed their bodies. And so it, it, it taught us a lot, just, just that it doesn't matter how someone looks, whether their skin color is different or even whether they've lost their fingers or even their eyes, that... They're deep inside exactly the same as us and, and asking questions and being interested in them. And this is what Jesus showed us how to do. It's certainly not something we know how to do, but Jesus touched these people. Jesus was concerned about these people. And I think Jesus has that individual interest in people, no matter how broken, no matter how messed up, no matter how hurt they are, Jesus is interested in them and is interested in helping them to be better. Nadine, do you want to share more? So we have been involved with the Village of Hope now for almost 30 years. Uh, the brothers and sisters in India are doing a fantastic job. Uh, you know, at first we built houses, but then, of course, you know, you don't just build a house. We, uh, you know, opened up education opportunities. The The children of the leprosy patients did not have leprosy, so we were able to provide opportunities for the children to be educated, not just going to school, but also getting job training. Um, we opened a vocational training center at the Village of Hope for the young people to get um, training in computer education, spoken English, life skills. We would tutor them on how to have a great successful job interview. And, you know, these young people and the families were so determined to come out of their situation. When we go to the Village of Hope now, the next generation are in their you know, 20s. And these are the same little children who were running around half naked in the mud. Now, if you go to the Village of Hope early in the morning, they're all leaving the village. They carry briefcases and they are going to their jobs. And uh, so many of the young people are now nurses and teachers and computer specialists and there's been a, a total change of their whole situation and they're able to take care of their parents now a lot of the older 
people have leprosy, but no one of a new generation has leprosy. So leprosy is actually dying out. But I think the success of that story is, again, going back to the relationships. You know, we we got involved, the brothers and sisters in India got involved with that community to build a long-term sustainable relationship. And Jesus did the same thing. You know, Jesus made sure that people were healed, not just had an encounter, but that they were healed. Wow, yeah. And, and you know, we didn't just work with leprosy patients in New Delhi, the, um, in, in Tamil Nadu as well, in Changalput, um, outside of, of Chennai, we did a lot of work. And uh, it was in partnership with many other people, and certainly with so many of the disciples who sacrificed money as well as time to come and volunteer. But the thing that it really taught us as we, we were just trying to, to follow the ministry of Jesus, and we saw that Jesus cared about all kinds of people people who were crippled, people who had leprosy, people who were blind, people who were in prison, it talks about in Matthew 25. But what, what we see here is the leprosy patient, and this may have been why Jesus was frustrated in some translations, yeah. but he was certainly filled with compassion. He said, if you are willing. Mm. And Jesus was always willing. And this is, wow. this is really something for us to wrestle with, because we may not encounter leprosy patients, but we have so many opportunities where we have a chance to do something good. And God will open that little door to do something good, an act of kindness, an act of friendliness, maybe an act of mercy to someone who's been unkind to yeah. us, where we can return their unkindness with compassion and kindness and grace. And Jesus was willing. And what, what happened to us is, you know, when we went to New Delhi, we were determined that we wanted to help people not simply share the gospel with people, but we wanted to be the gospel, wow. to be like Jesus. So we started reaching out to all of the different leprosy colonies in the city, just people who were living on top of sewage pipes, people living in little corners under bridges. And we had seven different leprosy colonies we were helping. And what happened is, sadly, a kerosene stove in a lady's hut exploded and burned the woman and burned down one of these colonies. And so it became a big, a big thing, but we had already been working in that colony. And so after the fire, we were assisting the victims, and the daughter of the president of India at that time, Padma Venkatraman, came because the president of India had traditionally been a patron of leprosy patients. Wow. And as a result of that connection is why we got involved with the largest leprosy colony in Asia, Asia um, that was, uh, that was at, at, um, uh, at that time out in uh, Shadra, which eventually became called the Village of the Hope after we started doing the work there. Wow. She asked us to come and help. And it was very intimidating because a lot of big NGOs had been there for years. And she was asking us a no-name little NGO. But the thing that was significant is that every time God asks us to do something, we should say, here am I, send me. I am willing. I wanted help. And God blessed every single act of faith, no matter how many mistakes we made and we didn't quite understand, the act of caring, the act of deciding, you know what, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try. And when we first went into that colony, the riots Nadine was referring to were because so many people had come and promised them things and not delivered that when we started coming, they were very easily angered. And at one point, they wanted to burn our van. Um, and another point, um, when a politician came and said some things, they started rioting. Um, we had invited a politician to inaugurate some of our work, but we never gave up. We didn't leave them. And even if they yelled at us, we would come back and listen and, and try to learn. And we've made so many mistakes, but I know it wasn't a mistake to go and to say, I am willing, be clean. 
Um, not that we had the power to be clean, but we did have the power to be yeah. able to give a little and to show a little love. Nadine, do you want to say anything more on this? Well, just very briefly, I think working with that community and working with people um, in those situations in South Asia had a pr profound impact on our life. Um, the, the resilience, the courage, the the incredible challenges people go through. And yet, you know, they still want their children to do well. They They want education for their kids. They want to come out of their situation and it's um incredibly commendable that the incredible determination and hard work in that community um and um uh, so it, it had a profound impact on our life it, it it changed me it changed our family it changed who we are as people and the way we see the gospel yeah and and just moving you know coming on back just to one final point that i think is important the hardest thing for these people afflicted with leprosy was not the physical decay of their body, mm. but it was the destruction of relationships. Yeah. And I know early on in the HIV AIDS crisis, there was a similar pattern where people who got AIDS faced exclusion, ostracization, humiliation. And even today in our society, many groups feel marginalized and they'll, they'll come together for encouragement from one another because they feel mistreated and they are mistreated by people who are afraid or who don't understand or, or yeah. who judge them. And I think that the ability to go and to reach out to people who feel hurt and excluded, this is really important. It's so important even in our churches. You know, in our churches, sometimes people leave because they're simply not committed to Jesus. At other times, they leave because someone hurt their feelings. Yeah, And they may have made mistakes. They may have done wrong because we're all sinners. But at the same time, it's so important for us to build bridges to people, not just bridges to people that other people have hurt, bridges to people that we've hurt. Yeah. And being willing, being willing to try and understand what is it that you feel and, and realizing the, the, the hardest thing for people is to feel excluded, wow. to feel bullied, to feel worthless, to feel betrayed. And, and these are real feelings that people have in our society and they, they'll go to work, they'll, hide it behind a veneer of sharp looking clothes, a nice job, makeup, a nice car. But if you scratch the surface, this pain is there. And if we're able to, to push to get to know people, now, if they're not interested in knowing us, then we have to move on. But when we're willing to genuinely be interested in people's stories and their situation, there is so much healing that we can mm. offer them, not just from physical disease, but I think from the pain of exclusion. And if we've been the cause of it, if we personally oh, yeah. have hurt people, how powerful it is when we help someone who has is no longer in fellowship come back to the church or someone we've hurt in the fellowship that we genuinely reconcile with. There's nothing more beautiful than that. Nadine, I know we're getting close to the end of this uh, discussion on leprosy, but do you have any closing thoughts? No, I'm good. And I just want to say that, you know, I think it's an inspiration that you all are, are digging into the scriptures more deeply, just trying to, to shed new light on them through these podcasts, because I think it's so enjoyable to go to church and to find new treasures that we can take out as well as the old. And there's such a richness in the scriptures that the sermon alone doesn't always give us the opportunity to dig as deeply as we'd like. Yeah, well... We appreciate it, and I think you know it's it's times like this that have inspired us to do that. Obviously, um, y'all's lives have been a, a huge inspiration to many, um, and continue to be. And you know, I just think about 
you know, even for myself, as we're talking about this, there's so many times where um, it can feel like I'm doing the right thing um, when I'm really just trying to kind of get that negative feeling off my shoulders of not doing it. Like, like I, you know, a, a couple months ago, I was uh, driving and here in Northern Virginia, um, a lot of, you know, homeless people, they like to kind of ask for money at major intersections and um, especially in some of the wealthier areas. And, um, you know, I was uh, around Tyson's and uh, I, I pulled up and uh, there was a guy who was asking for money. And I thought, okay, well, I've got some money in my wallet. Perfect. And I, and I drove up and I put my window down and I, I hand him the money and he starts to have a conversation with me. And I, I honestly think to myself, listen, man, I don't want to talk with you. I just want you to take the money and leave. This is awkward. You know, I don't, I don't want to interact. And, 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 and I just leaving that, I thought, man, I'm not loving these people. And I just think, man, Jesus was, he didn't just go like heal and, and, and go, he, he touched the guy. He really wanted to. And I just think, um, man, so, so many times in my heart, how much do I actually want to love the person, uh, rather than just love the idea of, of helping people. So, Thanks so much for bringing this to life. I think this is going to do a lot and uh, we appreciate all that, that you guys have done. So guys, this is uh, In the Margins. We're here with uh, Mark Templer and Nadine Templer, Heroes in the Faith. And uh, it's been a great time. We will catch you guys next time. Later. Later.